begging to get on. But I love it. Hey, man, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're hot, you are hot. That is no truer words have been spoken. Fellas, what, are the- what is up, everybody? Welcome to the preseason. Let's go. <laughs> the early prelude to the on-season, off-season in the past. Today, Denver Nuggets Media Day. And I am saying this not as a joke. Not as a piece of hype to get the people excited and try to get a couple extra thumbs up on the old like button or something like that. But still hit that thumbs up. But still, I mean, if you want to, you can. I loved Media Day today. I I loved it. I love to hear that. I was not looking forward to Media Day the way you typically would. I mean, I was looking forward to it, but I wasn't as excited. But then I get there, and so many interesting things happen. So many encouraging things happen, which is weird. Funny things happen. Fun things. It was great, and I can't wait to get into all of it. It feels like a good omen. Knock on wood. To help me break it down, the mustache man himself, Brendan Vogt. Yeah, um, I was. This went better at Media Day than I expected. The mustache. The mustache? Yeah, not a lot of conversation. That's always a win. Great to be back in the building. <laughs> is that a win? Like, if you get, like, a really bold haircut and nobody says anything, well, no, isn't no, that no. like you just assume I'm, you got a bad I'm haircut? I'm a month into having this mustache. <laughs> it's so bad, and nobody wants to comment like on it. Like, if you came in with a mohawk and then nobody said anything, you'd, be, yeah. like, you'd be like, wow, it's so bad. They don't even yeah. want to joke. They're like, I'm saying yeah. I'm a month into having this, and trust me when I say no feedback is a good sign. That's, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, over here, a man who needs no feedback, Harrison Wind. Guys, have you seen how bald Jeff Green is? <laughs> He's so bald. Man, I can't wait to get it. But have you actually seen the picture? No. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. There's an actual picture. I'm going to send it to Kale. I just tweeted it out, out, Kale. All right. So then you can pull it up there. He's actually really bald. So... Dude, I'm telling you, we always laugh at these guys' jokes when they're just being serious. Because yeah, I, I thought he was talking about the fact that he has a bald spot. I know. But turns out he actually just went with a haircut that is, oh my God. Is that bald or did he die? I mean, this is just a meme waiting to happen. He hey, just that's, uh, got, wow. uh, that's the audio. It looks good, though. I mean, I think he just buzzed it, but he looks kind of bald. And he also looks depressed as shit yeah. from being in Houston. That dude didn't even just wait what going from Denver to Houston does yeah. to him. He almost effort. looks like James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> he dude, he does. kind of does. Do you think he's trying to grow out his beard and like people that are just would mistaken? That would be hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Like, you guys like this guy, right? He's like, um, man, they might give me free entry to uh, this... James Harden's a uh, hotspot. Guys, we're, we have so much to talk to. <laughs> I guess, you know, we have so much to get into, so I kind of want to cut our banter short here so we can dive right into it. I do want to let everybody know the three of us and Super Producer Kale behind the ones and twos will be hopping on a flight shortly after this. We're going to be hopping on a flight and going out to San Diego where we will be covering this team. San Diego. Close and personal out there for training camp. Looking forward to it. Uh, so we'll be giving you coverage from our Airbnb in La Jolla. Let's go. So any of the fellas out there uh, in La Jolla, we'll get together. Up, yeah, know, coming down uh, the spots. Well, I've actually had some people hit me up. Me too. Me really? <laughs> yeah. About me La Jolla? too. Yeah. Let's hang out. They want to hang out with the fellas. Should we put together a get together like a Absolutely. happy hour? We could. Why not? Got, we could. I think we should do it Tuesday night. I'm super down. I think we should do a little meetup. All right. You know, uh, we'll, we'll have to talk afterwards. I want to start though, like we do in the winners' lounge where we talk about what's your biggest takeaway, because I want to get into every specific and everything there. And I kind of want to go first. I kind of want to start us off on you this You host one. the show. Yeah, so that's your call, that's, bro. That's your, uh, that's your option. We defer. I just, my, my big takeaway, there was other things that I think are equally as important, but my big takeaway is the Nuggets have a good roster. You think about the pieces. You have, do you have like, oh, shooting? Do you have enough defense and this or that? But 
you always wonder about the personality of the team and do they have enough veterans? Do they have enough guys that are going to be plugged into the teamness and the, and the aspect of development and all of those things? And that was my big question. You lose Bruce, you lose Ish Smith, you lose Jeff, Jeff Green. They're going to be lacking those guys. Today, there are guys that I feel were young who have evolved into veterans who we'll get into. There are veteran players like Aaron Gordon and KCP who I feel like are going to even fill those shoes uh, you know, in those ways. But did you have guys like Justin Holiday and DeAndre Jordan, of course, and Reggie Jackson, who to me sounded exactly like the vets of last year that stood out at Media Day so much. And I just loved the personality of this team today, and I loved all of those things. That, to me, jumped out mm -hmm. at Media Day. Yeah, and I think it jumped out from a couple guys that you weren't expecting it from. Yes. Uh, particularly Reggie Jackson and Justin Holiday. And now everybody in Denver loves Justin Holiday. Guys, I'm a stand. Reggie Jackson and Justin Holiday, that's my guy. Also, clearly very close. Very yeah. close, which clearly we didn't friends. know, right? Yeah. We didn't know that. DeAndre but Jeff. I'm telling you guys, now everybody in Denver loves Justin Holiday simply because of his media day performance. <laughs> I mean, performance. those I guys it. stood up there on the podium, well, sat up there on the podium and like delivered the most like well thought out concrete critical thought answers like from anybody yeah. out of the entire media day. I mean they had great stuff on Nikola Jokic, Jamal, Peyton Watson. Reggie Jackson said he's going to cry on ring night because of how much it means to him to win a championship where he grew up in the state where he grew up in front of friends and family. Uh, but both those guys, they talked like vets. And so, you know, a storyline I think to this team in part is you're losing some vets in Jeff Green and Ish Smith. Who's going to step up? I'm with you. I think they do have enough vets. I'm not worried about that aspect of that anymore. They also validated some things we like to think about the Nuggets, doing it differently, doing it the right way, what Jokic as your best player looks like. They spent a, a, a I think, significant amount of time detailing that playing in Denver really is that much different than playing for other teams right now. Most notably, what it means to be a role player, right? Reggie Jackson talked about there was one game where he couldn't buy a three, and Jamal just kept passing it to him. And at one point, he was almost annoyed. He's like, man, I, why, are you, why are you passing this to me? But that's how they do it in Denver, right? You're not standing and waiting for the ball. If you're open, if you move, they'll find you, and they're insistent on that. And mm -hmm. I think we've all identified that as part of what sets Denver apart. But to hear two league vets, and especially Reggie, who comes from a, a team like the Clippers, <laughs> which just seems to be the other end of the spectrum, it's just really validating to hear them talk about just how different the play style and subsequent culture is in Denver. Yeah. In the most positive ways. In the most ways. positive ways. Um, Justin Holiday, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think he's going to be a good locker room guy. Yeah. Great locker room We're going to talk guy. about, I want to go through all these players later on, so I don't want to go too far into the notes, but I just want to, on this one point real quick, Justin Holiday thinks going to be a great vet. DeAndre Jordan asked about Jeff Green leaving, you know, because I think everybody thinks of them as a duo, but I think he knows the score. He knows, no, I still have a job to do here, and I'm going to do it. Reggie Jackson, to me, a huge breath of fresh air hearing him talk today about the Nuggets. We'll spend a lot of time on him. I think he's going to be a great vet. KCP and Aaron Gordon, I think, getting this championship with this team, I feel like almost in some ways helps them become vets, even though they're bigger pieces than what we're usually talking about in this order. Um, but then... Michael Porter Jr. Man, kind of grown up. I don't want to call him a vet just yet, but 
talks like one. But he was just, it was just so mature. So to me, that's what stood out was I was like, man, this team still has that personality needed to get the job done. We knew they had the talent. Yeah. They have the personality. Harrison, what's your big takeaway? Um, I got a couple. Wait, what's yours vote? I don't want to step on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say I'll start with a broader one. Yeah, you go. You go for it. Top yours. to bottom, I I walked away, and it's just these are just quotes, right? It's media day. Easy to win media day. I walked away feeling like I have very, very little concern about roles from top to Man, bottom. So good. Everyone, I think, even down to Justin Holiday, who went out of his way to explain that he knows what's coming joining this group. And then he's looking forward to it. He knows exactly what they need from him. But then Michael Porter Jr., who I think if you were, no one really expected this based off anything Mike did or said. But if you were looking to identify things that might be different this year, you could have said disease of more disease of more. Does Michael Porter Jr. want a different role? And I would say decidedly that is not the case. He spoke about it with. First of all, his expectations are that his role won't change. But second of all, he sounded completely unbothered by that. And the third layer, which is even more encouraging, is that he's particularly focused on how he can improve within that role. So he's talked about the ball handling and ball control, not just getting in the gym to work on his shot, which he knows is going to go in, but these other things that could help him be more dynamic and valuable within what Denver's already asking him to do. And that framing, I mean, we couldn't script a more encouraging answer. Yeah, he said the biggest thing I worked on this summer was ball handling, which is right. huge. That should be huge. But ball handling typically means I like bigger role. Like, why do you work right. on ball handling so you can throw me the rock and I can cook? Right. And but yet he also I don't want to go too far in the MBJ things. We'll circle back. But to me, okay. it just MBJ last year accepting his role, playing that role at a high level, and just being a guy that fit in. You still, there were moments in games where, you know, Malone maybe subs him out at the end of a game or this or that or whatever. I thought by the end of the year, he recused himself extremely well. <laughs> somebody said, somebody asked him, actually, we have to talk about the shooting question. Oh, that, that was the other, we were talking about the funniest questions today. That was one of them. But to <laughs> me, he moves on from a guy who checked all the boxes last year, right, and helped him win a championship, was a huge, huge piece of that. To this year, I just watched him and I go, that's a mature dude, man. Totally, man. That's a mature adult guy and i was just i loved it i i mean absolutely loved it mvp for me all right wind um i'll go to a couple things that michael malone had to say i mean it, it seemed like in his prep for media day he just listened to our show <laughs> because everything that we predicted he'd say yeah. every cliche that we predicted he'd throw out he almost threw it out word for word yeah i mean michael malone said today that they've been the hunter for the last couple of years, now they're the hunted. He said that verbatim. Company line, by the way, very, very apparent this year. Yes. Hunters, hunters, not the hunted. Or he other said, area. we know our starting five. We don't know our bench. There's going to be a lot of competition during training camp for the bench unit. Uh, he said nothing's going to be given to Peyton Watson. I just feel like Michael Malone comes into the season comfortable, relaxed, confident and just knowing exactly who his team is and what he's going to find out about his team over the next month. I have an early theory that Malone is particularly built for this season right here. You think? This season right here. They just want a title. They just want a title. You got to find a way to celebrate it, embrace yeah. it, understand what it means. He did. But there's also, you got to get right back on it. Yeah. You got to demand defense. You yeah. got to make fake position battles on media day. Right. He's ready he, and, and like, there's a lot of platitudes that 
you hear them enough and they sound empty, but from the right voice and at the right time, they carry a lot of weight. And I actually just think, I think Malone is very well suited to do this particular thing. Yes, we got to relax a little bit for the sake of sanity, but we have a goal we have to stay focused on. And I just don't think he's going to let them drop the ball. Yeah, I almost forgot uh, for Chi brings up in the comments. Literally, the first thing out of Michael Malone's mouth was a lesson Jeff Van Gundy had taught him when he was coaching with the Knicks. I almost the lost. first answer to a question he had today, he name-checked Jeff Van Gundy. I couldn't look you guys in the eyes when he said that. <laughs> it was the first answer today from him. We did not get a My Father. We did not get a Brandon I know, Malone we didn't get, Actually, that, that might the be the one. biggest upset. Yeah. Um, do you guys know that Phil Jackson, back in the day, Phil Jackson... Um, would do a different hair and mustache or facial hair combination every year. And he's, I believe it was because paparazzi, he didn't want people like using old photos or old okay. takes or old interviews and then like pretending it was something new. So allegedly he'd mix it up. I kind of wonder if Malone sneaky does the same thing. We've been around him long uh -huh. enough. And this year, Great what take. is he? He's kind of got like disheveled, disheveled hair. Was disheveled a lot of sailor. Place. The <laughs> hair was like, in. His hair's longer than yeah. I've ever seen it. His facial hair. It does hair. have some good flow to it. It's have a lot of flow to his hair. So Malone himself going with his own look. Uh, you guys can um, you guys can check that out. Um, let's get into some specifics though here. And I want to start, to me, I just want to start with Michael Porter because I thought, okay. again, he was my MVP. Um Michael Porter has not always, to me, felt... I mean, he's young. We judge these guys. These guys are so young, man. He hasn't always felt comfortable in his own skin. And, you know, early on in his career, what did Paul Millsap say the first year after the red shirt year with Mike, but the first year where he was actually front-facing? Do you guys remember at Media Day? Not sure I do, I'm no. Not sure. He said, I can't wait to find out if this guy's as good as he says he is. That's right, as he says he is. As good as he says he is, which tells you, that was not, not really a surprise, that this is a guy who talks a big game, thinks highly of himself, maybe isn't always fully self-aware, and those types of things. And I think over his early years, you probably could say, yeah, there's probably some of that to him, right? Mm -hmm. No shot he didn't, he didn't want to take or what have you. I think his game last season became self-aware, more so than ever before, like his knowing his role, yeah. accepting it, performing at a high level, doing all those different things. I thought today up on the podium, he was reflective. He was insightful. Mm. He was interesting, extremely interesting. He was funny at times. He ripped on, he Jeff, Green. Hilarious. He ripped on Jeff Green. And um, and more than it, I just... Deserving, so. All of these things, man. I, I He's the single reason I'm most excited now about the Nuggets is because you kind of almost... And I don't even know if I'm excited because I think he's going to be meaningfully different as a player. I don't know. But I'm just like, if that guy is bought into that That's level it. and gets it, like, this team is fine, man. Mike is a, a... And I say this in juxtaposition with the first things we heard, which are not always true, so it's all grain of salt. But what you hear about Mike coming out of Missouri to the guy we've seen, he is a particularly thoughtful dude. He's a very thoughtful guy. And I think I've enjoyed his pressers because I think even when they're not... I don't know, the most polished or maybe when he's a bit too honest, he's always really thinking about the question. Yes, and um, you're, that's a great he's take. a very reflective guy. And I, I think he had to be once the surgeries happened, right? We talked about this a bit with uh, Peyton Watson, different path. But like when you're when you're so highly regarded initially and those things happen, like you have to be thoughtful and reflective. And I think Mike has adjusted his understanding of himself, his place on this team and his place, you know, in the world as, as an athlete that might have a shorter runway. So I just think it's really, really encouraging that all the things you hope Mike is at least thinking about, and, and, you know, they're, they're on his mind from being more mature and reflective about his role to what he should work on in the offseason. 
And I'll also say this, this is a guy who's been gone out of his way to, to I think, be actively grateful for everything he's gotten. So if you're worried about the disease of more, I think it's natural and it could still even come right Of course, this line. is just media day, guys. But, but as far as media day battles go, I think Porter cleared that hurdle. Yeah. Well, I think part of him is curious to see <laughs> how he can keep expanding his game in his you, current role uh, and position. Okay. Yeah. But really, I feel like what Michael Porter Jr. had to say today was just an extension of what he said all last season. Because one of the arguably the best story to come from last year was Michael Porter Jr. 100% buying into his role. Right. Buying into his role offensively and defensively, committing to doing whatever needs to be done to win and to win a championship. That's what he did last season. And it feels like his mindset hasn't really wavered from that. He still seems like he's focused on doing just that doing what the team needs from him to be the best team they can. He also talked about, you know, these quotes, I think, have to be taken with a grain of salt, of course, but Mike said that this was one of the healthier off-seasons he's had. Yep. And obviously a shorter one, but I still think something that is encouraging in that we all hoped Mike would finally have some time to just be in the lab and not focus as much on being healthy. And so it sounds like that's been the case so far uh, he seems to be right on track for the year he wants to have. Healthiest since the last surgery, since though, last which surgery. I love. Because, yeah. again, it is media day. Everybody's in the best shape of their life. Everybody gained 20 pounds of muscle and lost 10 pounds of fat, whatever it is, Every, all these things. So I think there's a natural, like, oh, it, he was a lock to say he's the healthiest he's been. But he didn't say healthiest I've been. Right, right. Healthiest I've been since the last surgery, yep. which, again, what I would say is that... Um, MPJ has become uh, the night of infinite resignation. Do you remember your Kierkegaard uh, here? Yeah, well, I didn't guy? expect it to you know. Well, well, You've read your Kierkegaard. What are we talking you know, about? You know about he seemed, I didn't do that well in philosophy. He seems so <laughs> resigned in a good way, though. I'm not saying this as yeah, in like a yes. negative resignation. I just feel like he is a guy that is like content with with what he is, even as a basketball player. So when he says, this is the healthiest I've felt through my... And he was very clear to say, since my last surgery. I think he even intercorrected somebody or something. Like, well, yeah, since my last surgery, it's the healthiest I've right, ever you felt. You should have seen me in high school. Bro. Yeah, yeah it's just, right. and it's, he's right about this, by the 100%. way. 100%. And again, I think this is all part of the story of Mike, and it's a beautiful story. It's really. a great I know story, I'm kind of corny no, it really about is, it, but though. it's a beautiful story to see. And, you know, I love that he worked on his handle. And when he said that, my initial thought was kind of like, I love that he worked on his handle, but when are you going to use it? Are you going to be on ball? More yeah. pick and rolls, this or that. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be doing the same things, but there is room within what I already do that if I have be my handle improving will help the team. And he even phrased it that way. It wasn't even totally. like within the way, like, oh, my handle's going to help me score more points. No, it was like, no, team. it's going to help us, help. our offense, or this or that. Mike I wants just, to be a complete player in the role that he's in. Yeah, and I just, I mean, I couldn't be more excited about the Michael Porter experience. And then again, Cracking jokes, you and know. the tattoo looked fresh. <laughs> nobody asked about it. It looked good. Was that a surprise? That I nobody thought, asked I about, thought it? about it, but I wasn't sure what. You hey, Mike, the mood? talk us through the Jesus tat. You know what I mean? Just feels like a. I needed a better entryway. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I have any other one. Um, he did say he was surprised at how good FIBA ball was, which I thought was interesting. I mean, another thing about Mike, I'm just raving about him today, guys. I, maybe it's just because it's the first day and I'm a little excited. I think I, sure, yeah. I feel like a dog wagging its tail like crazy right now, but um, him, Michael Porter is a guy that I think watches a lot of basketball. <laughs> Michael Presser Jr. Like, he was Michael Presser Jr. today, <laughs> Thank man. Thank you for that. Um, 
but he is a guy that I think watches a lot of basketball. Like he's not one of these guys that's like, oh, I needed to get away from the game. I was needed to clear my yeah. mind. I think he's like, I love basketball. And yeah, him talking sure. about the FIBA game and how impressed he was by some of these other teams, I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um. All right, let's take our first break. Okay. On the other side. Every other player to get to. <laughs> Guys, MVP. I have more thoughts on my Go to FuboTV.com slash TNVR. You get 140 plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news with FuboTV. You can sign up right now at that link, FuboTV.com slash DNVR. You can hit that QR code right there on the screen right now. Sign up immediately. Start watching FuboTV immediately. Uh, you can get a free trial as well. No contracts, no cables, no hassles. You get a thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. You can watch your local teams while traveling, no matter where you are. Whatever sport you're watching, NFL, Broncos, college football, the NBA, you can get it on Fubo TV. Watch all of your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo. Go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR, FuboTV.com slash DNVR. When you go to that link and sign up, you can get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All those really cool things you get with Fubo TV, plus even more. It's the best option if you're looking to cut the cord. So check out Fubo TV, FuboTV.com slash DNVR. Uh, Fubo helps you watch. Foco helps you rep your teams. A leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes par apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Think bobbleheads. Think stuff to uh, help you deck out your man or woman cave. Best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Foco always has our back for Colorado sports, and they have your back too, folks. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR. You'll get 10% off. And we are back here for segment two. Where do you guys, I want to let you guys go. Harrison, I'll let you pick. Who do you want to, who do you think was next most interesting? I want to go to Christian Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe Let's it. Go. Even he can't believe it. <laughs> we have to. We have to go to him next. Uh, I want to go to Christian Brown. Okay. I love our show. <laughs> Me too. And it's not just because I'm the Christian Brown guy. I feel like today he was kind of anointed as the sixth starter. He was anointed Man. as the next Bruce Brown. Calvin Booth, in his comments essentially said that Christian Brown right. is their Bruce Brown this year. And Michael Malone, when he was talking about the bench, said, we're trying to figure out who's going to join Christian Brown on that unit. It's the five starters in Christian Brown. You're right. Those are the six starters, quote unquote, on this team right now. Yep. In the same way that Bruce Brown, I think people considered him the sixth starter last year. Um, Michael Malone said Christian Brown is carrying himself maybe a little differently in the gym this summer. He's carrying himself. He's walking around like he just won an NBA championship. There might be a little more swagger to him. I love it. He said he's been working on his ball handling a lot. Um, he doesn't have the handle. He's not the natural point guard that Bruce Brown was, but he's trying to incorporate that into his game more. And so I just came away today from today just feeling like, yeah, Christian Brown is a level above the rest of the bench and there's a lot on his shoulders this year. 
real not a freshman anymore energy, yeah. right? And it's I guess I should just say rookie. And he also cause... admitted that maybe the most the thing he's most proud of this offseason is that he grew a beard. I loved that so much. It's barely a beard. Which is the best part. It's like I don't even know if I'd consider it's more like a five o'clock shadow. He's very that, proud of it. Maybe like a twelve o'clock shadow, but he was very quick to point that out. Yeah, I get I'll Agreed about everything that's coming for him with his role on the floor. I think we all expected it. I think Malone and Calvin basically said as much as you said. There's another part to it, too, of him, I think, seeming a year older. We, I personally feel like we got more of CB's personality today than we have in a while and or in his rookie year, which is natural, right? But I think you're going to see a little more of him kind of being comfortable being himself on the floor and off the floor. I think a little more confident, a little more willing to joke around, show us who he is. And while I don't think he's too concerned about this part of it, you know, like the talking trash part, I just do think we will see more of that naturally because I think Christian is is ready to come in and just not be a vet, but this isn't his first rodeo and you, you get that sense. Yeah. I didn't pick up, but I think your point, Wind, is really, now that you say it, I you know, it wasn't something I was thinking of, but you're right. Malone today, I thought, left a lot open, a lot open. You know, even Peyton Watson, who everybody's kind of anointed as a guy that's just definitely in, he left everything open except for Christian Brown. And some of that's logical. He played in the finals last year. Right. But you're right that even with him, it wasn't... It wasn't insinuated that he's going to have the same role as last year, this or that. He was like, no, that guy's already stamped. Like, we know he's taking a step up. And then, you know, the big quote today, not from Christian Brown, but about him, he's walking around that building like he won a championship. He's And I've heard this, by the way, before. We talked about Christian Brown has really impressed at, at, at shooting the ball well and this mm-hmm. or that. But I think it goes beyond that. And his, I asked him about... You know, he was a menace in college. He was a guy that got in people's faces. Bruce Brown goes, I'm worried about that for the Nuggets. Do they have the swagger? And I thought even his answer was great because you kind of want him to beat his chest and be like, yeah. oh, yeah, this year I'm going to be a total asshole or whatever, you know. <laughs> and he didn't. He's like, you know what? You got to earn those types of things. I hadn't done anything in the league yet, so I didn't. And then he even kind of pushed it aside about, you know, I'm going to be intense and I'm going to get in guys' skin, but I don't know if I'll be talking trash or, or this or that. I'll say this, though. I think he is. Yeah, I think Christian Brown this year will. I think it'll happen naturally. That's what I mean. Yeah, I think that he's like, no, I'm not going to be that guy. And it's like, bro, you are that guy. Right. So you've just bottled it up, and eventually yeah. it'll peep out. He also said a goal of his is to shoot forty percent from three, and then everybody laughed. I, I well, I think I, it was why, the, why did everybody? I laugh? think I think it was the way he said it. It a little I, bit, but I will say this: it's not that crazy. I don't think people were laughing that the Shock notion was crazy. I think year. it was how he how he answered it. But. And then he was asked about, you know, are you working on movement shooting? Are you working for that? And he was like, guys, I'm a catch and shoot three points. Like, guys, yeah. that's a guy who just knows his role. He's like, what, you think I'm running off screens and J.J. Redding yeah. some one-leggers? Like, no. I want to yeah. be set still. I work on a set shot and yeah. Yoke passes to me. I'm ready. Uh, vote, I'll let you pick. I said Harrison went with his guy and your guy's already off the board. Oh, sure. I'll go with, we talked about this up front. Um, I'll go with Reggie Jackson, Justin Holiday for yeah. sure. I think we should have this conversation. I loved the way you framed it. So you, obviously DeAndre Jordan's still on the team, but DeAndre and Jeff were buddy, like a buddy, buddy comedy. They were a duo. A duo. I, I didn't realize this coming in. These guys are a duo. Reggie and Justin know each other. They like each other. And I think they view each other as in the same boat right now of journeymen that are trying to figure out how to fit into a contender Mm -hmm. and help them go back to back. You want to talk about reflective guys. Justin Holiday, I think, has has thought a lot about 
what it means to sign up with a new team after bouncing around a lot. I remember asking DeMarcus Cousins this question last year or two years ago. You know, like, did he feel like a Denver Nugget? And he's like, hey, man, like, in this business, sometimes you got to, like, you just don't know if they're going to commit to you. And so it's this... But Justin Holiday said he knew it was a good fit because of how honest Calvin Booth was, was with him and Michael Malone was with him about the role. In that, there might not be one. And he liked hearing that. He's a lot of empty promises in the NBA. And a lot of, yeah, we'll bring you in to do this. And I think it all fits under this umbrella theme of like there's a real transparency about what everyone's job is. And I think even the new guys are coming in with a good understanding and a good relationship with the team of like, hey, man, you're here to do this thing yeah. and you're not here to be that guy. And I, so yeah. I just, Justin and Reggie, I think, get that in a way that you would hope the vets would, <laughs> just, just like they did last year. Yeah. Well, when Reggie Jackson came here late last season, I think we got a little bit of a sense, oh, he's, he's happy to be back in Denver. Like, that's cool. He's excited to be on, you know, a team that can be a contender. But I always got the sense that he was, like, a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Can I really like step out and take on a leadership role here? Like, how much can I try to like impose my will and my game on this team? I kind of want to hang back because I'm coming into this thing late and I don't want to mess anything up. But today I got the sense that he's way more comfortable just in his surroundings and in this locker room. And I think that's going to help translate to the court. Um, we really got a feel today about how happy he is to be in Denver and to be in Colorado where he spent a lot of Agreed. his childhood, where he went to high school. Um, we got that a little bit last year, but I feel like today was the first time when he really like opened up and said it for real. I mean, he said, I'm going to cry on ring night, mm. um, not just because I won a championship, but because I won a championship in Colorado, mm. in Denver. That's really, really meaningful to him. And I don't think I got a sense of how meaningful it was last year because I feel like he was a little reserved and didn't want to put himself out there all the way. Now that he's been here for an off season, apparently he's been in the gym all summer. We've heard he's looked good in workouts. He's been a good mentor to the young guys. I just feel like he's so much more comfortable now than he was when he came here last year. I mean, there's no question he's more, he's more comfortable. And when you say happy to be here about the Colorado aspect, Definitely noted because he mentioned it and it wasn't something I necessarily knew. I mean, you assumed he liked being here, but yeah. not to the degree he, he expressed today. But to me, it wasn't. That's not even the part that stood out. How much he enjoys the culture of yes. the Nuggets, the style of play of the style Nuggets. Of those play. things is, is what and him and Justin and you know one of one of my best friends. You've lived in L.A. for a while. We lived in L.A. doing the movie thing. You know that movie people in LA are different than movie people like in most of the world. Like it's very, they're, they're, they're a rich appreciation of movies and a rich critique and, and all these different things. I called my one of my best friends the other day. I hadn't talked to him in like a month or two, you know, and had just a great, we talked for two hours. Just like one of those great phone catching up with a buddy and we're just riffing off of each other, this or that, talking about movies, talking about different things. And... You, when you know, when you share a deep appreciation of something that's kind of like narrow and focused with somebody like that, there's like a vibe you get. That's the sense I got listening yes. to Reggie and Justin today. One of those ones where like he calls Justin uh, uh, on the phone or they talk or they meet for whatever it is. And they're just like, bro, yeah. no, this is real basketball <laughs> yeah. here. No, it's real, man. 
You know, like when the the memes about just two guys sitting around just naming yeah, players, yeah. two dudes being dudes, just yeah. naming athletes, naming football players. It was almost like Reggie and uh, Justin Holiday up there at the podium, just naming things about the Nuggets, like Jokic man. Yeah, just, oh Jokic, that part's yeah. sick too. This un, this seems so unselfish. Oh, oh I know, man. Dude, like, totally. There's it, such a good culture here, oh, dude. The culture. The culture. It, it really did feel like they were both at this stage in their careers, like. Hang on, this was an option. Like there right. are there are yeah. scenarios like this. There are teams like this, and they truly did seem that surprised by it. And I think uh, one of my favorite lines from Reggie was that he was feeling like the smart one of the smarter guys in the room. He's like, "Dude, they gave me a free ring." You know, like <laughs> yeah. he looked at the situation, and went, "Yeah, that team's good, and right. I want to be a part of it." So, but I also think, you know, Reggie joked up front a lot about feeling like he had just joined the team and everything, and. Now he's had a playoff run, and now he's had a training camp, and now he's got a buddy vet in Justin Holiday, and I think hopefully some of that comfort translates on the court, where he feels a little more comfortable, you know, being himself and and and, tr and trying things out there. There's a lot of media days like this. You have to listen not always to what's being said, but almost the subtext to what's being said. My the thing with Reggie today when he was talking about his role on the team, he kept referencing an obligation everyone on the team has to the starters as if the starters are a finished product, which I think is mostly true and accurate Correct. and fair. Yep. And it's like, yo, I know what the score is. I got to help our bench find an identity and become a thing. Like we owe it to this starter. The starters will win another championship as long as we don't screw it up for them. And that's what we have to do. And that to me again is like so many guys just getting it today in media day on these abstract levels, you know, and I just love that part of it. Um, and then I want to go to Justin Holiday here because he talked about one thing about Calvin that we've gotten to know over the last year and a half. I really do think he's pretty direct. I don't think that he plays a ton of like yeah. mind games or this or that. Yeah. Like, I think he's just kind of what Justin Holiday said. The conversations were real. I've been around enough trades and enough of these different types of things to know when a team's kind of telling you what do you want to hear. They just told me the truth. You might not play. But we want you on the team anyway, and maybe you will. Maybe you won't. We'll allow that to happen naturally. We'll allow it to take its place. But the conversations being real about who and what this team is, what we're offering you and that was so important. And I don't think that's just – I mean, he referenced Michael Malone even in the conversations he had with Michael Malone, so both of those guys. But I just thought, to me, that was such a cool shout-out. Loved that part. A very dude. specific yeah. thing. And do you remember the comp Cal had for Reggie? It was a classic Calvin Booth comp, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yep. He comped him to Ricky Rubio, yep. which you're probably wondering, wondering, like, why? Like, Ricky Rubio? Well, I think Cal was in the Minnesota front office when Ricky Rubio was there. And the way he described the comparison was, like, every time people started counting out Ricky Rubio, he always bounced back and responded. So I thought that was interesting that he compared him to Ricky Rubio in that way. Where, you know, there are a lot of people counting out Reggie Jackson. And we'll see. He better be better than he was last season because he won't be playing a lot if he's not. Right. But there is some faith that he will bounce back and be much better than he was last year. I, I loved hearing from Reggie, man. I loved, I just thought he was so great. He ran with questions. Some yeah. of these guys will give you, like, Jamal again. It's kind of his style. But you ask him a question, he's getting out of there in the fewest words possible. So if one, if he if he can get away Dude, with Reggie it. Reggie will go, you have to cut him off. Re Reggie wanted to talk. Yeah. He wanted to articulate his feelings and all these different yep. things. And I thought it was great. And one thing about Reggie I didn't know, hoops junkie. Why was he around all day? 
what else am I going to do, man? I don't need that much vacation time. I just want to be in the gym. That's yep. where that's my happy place. Also, we obviously with him joining the team later didn't get a ton of FaceTime with Reggie, so we're still getting to know him. I know he has this rep around the league as a particularly likable guy. Yeah, I get it now. You know, right. he was so likable today, and I think there was an earnestness to those two that was, I think, almost refreshing. You know, yeah. they've always been around too long to even be polished. They were so candid. And it was really, really fun. Yeah. But I, I, the reason, one of the other reasons I liked it, guys, was because Reggie actually did have one of these moments last year. And I think it was after they whooped Memphis in the second half of the year. And he got up there and he said, he had all these quotes about, once I got in here and I heard the way these guys are talking to each other in here in the locker room, I was like, oh, this is for real. And he was almost trying to tell the world. And we got a taste of that last year. But I just, I really do, for whatever Reggie does or doesn't do well on the court, I actually think he gets what he's looking at here, like what's in front of him, mm -hmm. and, and is eager to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, Justin Holiday had some lots of insightful notes just about this playing with the big, playing with DeMontis Sabonis. He kind of knows. He talked right. about the spacing and the cutting. And then also he had two very interesting things to say about Peyton Watson. One was that he's a great cutter, which we kind of know. But he went out of his way to be like not just like a regular good. He's like, no, he's a really good cutter. This is his skill, which again... We haven't seen a ton of that from Peyton just because we haven't seen a ton from Peyton. But it is, to me, one of those things that I'm like, of all the things he could have said, a great just like instinctual cutter is an A-plus thing to, to be. And then number two, I don't know if you guys heard this one. This was Reggie on Peyton. Him being healthy will be important. Yeah. Is he hurt? No, I don't think that's what he meant, though. I look. I'm is not he hurt? I'm just saying. I took note of him saying that because somebody he said it, and then they and then Justin was like, "Yeah, that's going to be a key for him or something like that." And I just remember going like, "I." Well, I mean, we do know in summer league, Peyton Watts' knee was bothering him. We do know that. Obviously, if you can see these online, go watch them for yourself. We'll be posting them. These are our. Reads. Yeah, I'm not trying to insinuate oh, I anything. I, I just want to say that that was a, a line that I kind of was like, "That's out of nowhere." That, and that's my like, preface huh. to actually my disagreement. I actually took that as. Peyton is ready. If Peyton is on the floor, he's ready to right. go. That's kind of all I meant. Like, right. not like we're worried about his health. Just he's gonna do it. He's gonna yeah. get it done. Um, I loved what Justin said about getting the game and understanding the game. And I think those are very reasonable questions to have about Peyton at this stage in his career, especially when there's this. I'm gonna use this word without any value judgment because I think anyone would would have like a this sort of ego conflict of like Peyton was a very very high profile recruit right and then things change very quickly and now he's eager to prove that he belongs here um that's a, 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 a it's a tough needle to thread right but to hear that okay it seems like his mind is really slowed down out there like he understands how to play more than just be athletic be fast want it really bad which justin kind of outlined as the way a lot of these young hoopers are as right. they get to the league now um but peyton has this really great opportunity to join this team and learn from these guys. And it's, you know, the, look, when Jokic is your best player, I think everyone has to pick up on that. Like, you you win in Denver by thinking the game. Yeah. And, and no matter how talented you are outside of that. Yeah. Um, lastly, this isn't my favorite quote of the day, but it's, it would be in the honorable mention one. Justin Holiday, when he was talking about coming over, it, again, it wasn't that the Nuggets told him he wasn't going to play, and they didn't tell him he was. They said, the people who are supposed to play will. And he goes, and I accept that because if I'm that. supposed to play, I will. But if not, 
I can accept that too. And I just love that part of it. And he said that's not the way it is everywhere. Some guys play when they shouldn't because they're just giving it. It's I just noticed given that. To them. Yep. And I'm telling you, that's the part of this. And that's why when Michael Malone talks about Peyton and he's going to have to earn it, and that's why the rookies this or that, there really is a method to that madness that I think is important, which is, hey, the guys that are supposed to play will and everybody, it makes it easier for everyone to accept if everybody has to earn their, so their true, reps. Man. All right, let's take a break on the other side. More. Joe in Philly, by the way, says something about like, hey, was there anything bad? It's media day, man. There's, <laughs> there's only a, a couple situations where there's bad parts of media yeah. day, and you probably know those teams. Th they're not yeah, typically but reigning champions. But the Nuggets never really have many bad things at media day. It's pretty because much just Philly. The Nuggets don't have drama. They and, never have drama. And they won a championship. Like, yeah. What do you expect them to come in mad? You got to be the 76ers to lose media day. So Other no, there that, wasn't anything bad. There's a lot that's, I would say, nothing, but. There was a lot of good today that was surprising. And, and we are sinking our teeth into the, you know, um, like, yeah, th this was fodder for excitement. And we know yeah, that. Totally. Justin Holiday, man. Justin Holiday pretty much recorded a whole podcast up at the podium. Yeah, yeah he, he really did. did. He talked for like 15 minutes. We'll have the clip <laughs> up on our YouTube channel, by the way, uh, here shortly. I believe Ryan Green is uploading those as we speak. So stay tuned. We'll have them. Let's take a break. Guys, Kind Love was founded in 2010. They are cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. One of yeah, the first dispensaries in Colorado, and they are an official partner of DNVR. So excited to be teamed up with these guys. They're a local brand. We love supporting local brands, and that's what we're doing with Kind Love. Uh, kind Love is fully integrated seed to sale. Uh, they are breeding their own genetics. They control the grow process and packaging. It's true farm to table marijuana. Uh, they also have a game-changing new product, the Turbo Core, the 100 milligram stick that looks like a toothpick. Slide it in any joint, any blunt, any cigarette. Instantly infuse it. There's also a vegan natural option with no chemical processing whatsoever. So if you're vegan, you can even take advantage of Turbo Core. <laughs> That's awesome. They dude. really have it all. Kind Love is on top of it, man. Yeah. Uh, we I think we have a cool announcement coming with them sometime. Any second. Come on. Can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. Visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR. Get the DNVR exclusive discount. 25% off all Kind Love flour, pre-rolls, and their Turbo Joint line. You can also go to their website, kindlove.com. Use the code DNVR for online ordering and their full extensive menu. How do you recreate in the great state of Colorado? Maybe it's kind of, maybe it's with Breckenridge Brewery. You know, we love our Breck Brews at DNVR, like the Broncos country. Pale Ale, it's better than the team. Uh, it's only $6 at the DNVR bar. It's delicious. And if you uh, drink it responsibly, it won't make you sad afterwards. So arguably preferable to the Broncos themselves. But Breck has a brew for every occasion, and there is no better way to watch a game than having some Breck brew. Avalanche Amber Ale, Mile High City, Broncos Country Pale Ale, Fun Slinger, Good Company, Hard Seltzer. We got them all at the bar. You can find them all around the city by using the Breck Beer Locator. Just tell it where you are, what you're looking for, it'll tell you where to go next. Breck Brew is delicious. <laughs> Enjoy it. All right, back here. Um, is this our final segment? Do we have another You're break? hosting, so... No, we have one no, more That's what break, I thought. That's what so I thought. two okay. more segments. Go, right. good, because I was going to say we still have a lot of players to get to. We might run long today, you guys. It's media day. Um, all right, where should we go next? I think we should get to Calvin and Malone, though, just because they're important to setting the tone, um, and as well as Josh Kroenke. I mean, we can kind of throw, even though they did separate pressers, Calvin and uh, Josh together. Um, a quick couple house cleaning things. Josh was asked 
by Matt Moore about the television deal. Um, and a shout out to Matt Moore for asking that, that question, question and, and talking uh, about the new you know Phoenix and Utah. He did get in there. Our situation is different. I would say different, but not really personally. Like my thing with that is, yeah, you're different that you have altitude and an investment in those different things, but it's not different in that you have a product that you owe to the city, in my Correct. opinion, well and said. that it is at this moment there are obstacles, I would say, maybe maybe to that, although shouts Fubo TV. Um, so some agreement there, some non-agreement uh, about it. And then he was asked about the training facility, and he said something I've been saying for a long time. Spoiler alert. I've known about this one for a long time. Like I... You, I am connected to some of the development world to say that. Like, I've known this for a long time, that their plan is always going to be they're building a new major development and will almost certainly be putting in a training facility there. Now, whether you like that's that That's in or, phase one. It's part of phase it's part one. part of phase Well, that part, I guess, is new. I didn't know that. <laughs> phase one of the new UH's development project includes a practice facility. This is meaningful, by the way, because a development of that scale does come in phases and those phases... Thank God it's phase one. And those phases can come <laughs> over decades. So, like, there yeah. is a, If it was phase two, man. Um, and then, you know, I believe there are some legal reasons for why you can or cannot speak to a specifically timeline. about timelines and different things like that because there are, like, moving parts and legal things that... You know, it's like le tampering, developmental tampering, I guess, to mention too many things. That uh, being and we said, know that's very illegal in the NBA. That that being said, um, however you feel about the training facility, the TV deal to me is a big one. That's a that's a big deal. The training facility one to me, like it's, more like, it's more like the G League thing. It's like, yeah, it, it's annoying in this or that. I will say, sadly, everybody's going out of town now. Philadelphia is in Fort Collins. Every single all city has four markets. All four have to travel from training camp this year. It's just. The Nuggets are trendsetters, man. Well, I don't think it's just a training camp issue. I know, but I'm saying that's most of the time when people tie it in, it's because mm, training okay. camp, the facility is too small, this or that. Um, anyway, those are the two housekeeping things. I don't know if you guys have any comment on those. They're just the housekeeping ones. No, it's just I don't get the sense that either of those are imminent. Yeah, more of the same. No imminent changes. Yeah. Um, but now on with, with Kroenke, he was asked about the new CBA, though, and about keeping this team together, and he did, again, in front of the media say that his goal is to contend and keep this window open as long as Jokic, basically as long as Jokic and Murray are here. So that's a promise that'll take years for us to really be able to judge, but at least he seems to say, yeah, we know it's going to be expensive, but we have a chance to do something here and we want to do it. So we'll hold him to it. Mm -hmm. Anything else from Kroenke that you thought really stood out? Well, just that I think he, and I don't know if this is a surprise, but I think he even said, on Calvin's behalf, that thinking about that stuff even played into how Calvin approached some of the roster building this year, and which ties into what we said at the top of the show. I know we're still on Josh, but that you know Calvin talked about. They, this is not a team that was ever just trying to get one. Oh, maybe we can just get one, and they don't feel that way about this year either. So it's all about keeping a contending core together within the guidelines of the new CBA for as long as possible. Uh, and I just thought that they were transparent about that. The only other note I have is I don't think Josh Kroenke was originally scheduled to talk, at least not in the press release that was sent to the media. It was Michael Malone and Calvin Booth and the players. Josh Kroenke was not on there. And also in attendance in the room, Stan Kroenke. That's right. 
Stan Kroenke just sitting there watching Josh, but almost like judging his performance, you know? Like, <laughs> Which, by the way, it like I watch Jokic or can something. Can you imagine being Josh in that position? I know. That's, that's, that's so weird. strange. I actually do agree with you that it's yeah. weird. I also love Stan rolls him out to be like, you go talk to yeah, him for me. I will say one line, if I were just, if I were advising the Kroenke's, and again, I am not in any capacity advising them, <laughs> I, I would love to have that role. That would actually be a really cool role. You're probably not listening, but go for um, it. Yeah, go for it. I would stop using the line if you guys think you're mad, we're more mad. I Me just, too, that's man. That's not true and uh, kind of insulting. Like you, I always joke, the Cronkies need an everyman friend just to kind of bounce ideas <laughs> off of. We're um, here. That line is kind of, <laughs> it was annoying. If you he's need used any it, consulting. He's used it two, three, four times now over the last yeah. four years. And every time it's it's gone from just like, mildly annoying to annoying to now i'm like please stop saying that yeah please stop saying if that. i'm a fan i'm thinking then you find a solution you know like i still have to like talk to uncles and stuff who stopped watching the nuggets or different things like this and it sucks and so no you're not more mad uh anyway but yeah, i'm not gonna I'm with you make a that. deal with that no i think that's a good point um what else uh from calvin i will say he did was i asked him what is different about this team in a good way what things are you know are better he said three-point shooting, which I thought was very interesting. That was not the Ooh, thing I was that was interesting. And three-point shot generation. Which he likes and from And then draft he mentioned Jalen Pickett yeah. as a, specifically as that's one of the things he brings to this team. He's very good at generating open three-point looks. And his own three-point looks, fact, too. Yeah. And that got you going. Got me. Got that me got you And then Adam excited. blacked out and <laughs> the notes <laughs> got intense. No, but um, I will say, like, not... Take it off with a grain of salt. These questions, he didn't know what questions were coming on the show that, but I don't know if he called out any other player. Like, I mean, I he many... specifically mentioned all three rookies in response yeah. to that question. Right. He said we got two of, you know, arguably the best shooters in the draft, and right. then Jalen Pickett, who generates a right. lot of open threes. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't know if he talked about any other specific players. So just kind of an interesting thing to kind of take note of. Yeah, but I mean, that's like a classic front office thing. My, my you're always excited. Three-point shooting? No, I'm saying you're always excited about the new guys that you bring into right. the building. My my big Calvin take is that I think for most front office men around the league and women, um, there's a there's a, a playbook for how you deflect and sort of get through certain answers. And I think Calvin maybe more than anyone I've met in this business. So you just like ask him what he's ask him. He just tells you what he thinks. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not a filtered thought. That's like, are you guys gonna win the championship? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Right. Well, well, one another reading between the lines here. One thing he said today that I think was very interesting when he was asked about repeating, and he was like, "It's not just about this year. We want to win championships over yeah. the." And I really do think that this year. I think Denver wants to win this year. Don't don't get it wrong. I think they have a great opportunity to. But I do think that they probably feel they could have gone harder in on this year in a way that would have cost them next, the year Correct. after, the year after. Right. I think they look at this year as a bet that they can thread the needle between this might be our worst year of the, like, if you look at last year and the next four as a span, they almost might, again, I'm putting words in his mouth. He just said the one line. But I almost wonder if they look at it as, like, we just got to survive this one, maybe even win it, and then we only get better from here. Well, I think you can determine that from the draft. Yeah. They drafted three guys in, what, the top 40? Yeah. And they signed them all the regular standard contracts. Like, that pretty much says that, yeah, this is the pipeline. And I'm with you. My read is if they can survive this year, they're thinking, man, we could win, like, three, four in a row. 
Christian Brown but, all of a sudden like just keeps getting better. Peyton Watson maybe becomes the player Calvin believes he can. These rookies move in to fill yeah. And I know a, a bit of a regime blending here, but I honestly think this philosophy goes back to, you can see it in how they approached the essentially purgatory years, right? Like they didn't, they were never going to blow that core up. And if that meant waiting two years to do this the right way, they would wait two years. But just because Yoke was winning MVPs, like they weren't going to take a, a, a they weren't going to skip steps, right? right. And, and I just think that that's still the case. Like they, KCP is the oldest starter, right? The rest of those guys, if Mike stays healthy, it's hard to keep them all together, but they're young. They know exactly how to play together. And so it's almost, there are some teams like Milwaukee, when Giannis challenges you and he's on his way out the door, potentially, you have to go all in. Denver, I think it's wise not to. They have a chance to to be the Spurs or the Warriors and not the Bucks or the Mavs, yeah? Michael Malone's line last year, top five defense. Murray and Jokic laughed at that. You know, they were not a top five defense. Then they get to the playoffs and they were an elite defense. So mm -hmm. take that for what you will. This year, Malone, his message, road consistency. They had a, They were 11th last year and wins on the road. And he, I think, says that's going to be a thing. And last year it was home. Like last year he did have top five defense, but he also said let's be a good home team. And guess what? Denver, great home team. Second best home record in the NBA. Could have been better if they didn't slow play the end. Yeah. This year away, and I'm just so curious to see. I mean, Malone is going to emphasize this year being a better team on the road, and I'm kind of curious to see uh, love if the team follows. Well, part of that is something that Calvin said. Yes. And he talked about the uh, regular season maturity of his great team. Point. That, that's, and a, that, that's a line, though. Regular season maturity is a line. And that goes with that. Um, because my another read I have on Calvin Booth is he thinks they should be more dominant in the regular season than they have been with Nikola Jokic as their best player. And he even talked about today, like, we want to be ending more games in the third quarter. We want to be ending more games in the second half before, you know, the final stretch of a game. So at the end of this, you know, at the end of these games, Nikola Jokic is on the bench icing and not having to like go all out to get a win over the Pistons in the middle of November. Right. So he wants his team to, I think, just kind of like step on the gas more a little bit and end stuff when it should mm -hmm. in a regular season environment. And a bit of a like, seeming contradiction that I think you, you can take, you can work harder to make your path easier. Right. And that's sometimes like sometimes it's okay to take the easier way and not the harder way. And that might sound counterintuitive in this context, but I think that's kind of what he was saying, right? Like not it you don't have to take your foot off the gas and let them back in in the fourth quarter. Or, and he didn't say this, this is me talking, take the first and, and final third of the season off. Right. There's a way that this can all come so easily if you just, mm -hmm. you know, with with the right maturation and approach to every night. Um, which I personally think. Like that is a big th theme of um, of Jamal in Media Day, and not Jamal's comments, but comments about Jamal from other people in Media Day too. Is like, is he ready to from from both Malone and I think Booth through this comment too a little bit of like, are, okay, he's the biggest playoff riser in NBA history. Can he just be that guy night in and night out right. and make things easier for himself and for the Nuggets? Juxtapose yeah. that though to what Jamal had to say. Interesting. Um, Jamal was not as worried about that part of it. He really wasn't. He was almost dismissive of it, I would he say. I think he kind of was. I think he was. And, uh, you no, know. First of all, let me say something. I don't care if I'm an all-star. I don't care if I'm all-NBA. 
there's a lot of money at stake for him, and he did not sign an extension that if he truly didn't care about those things, he, he would just signed, signed it now because yeah. then why wait? Clearly, he's like, you know what? I might be all NBA and make a lot more money. But he does care, but it was a good play on his part. We did wonder, you just talked about through Calvin's comments, the team coming into their own and taking the next level. We wondered if that would maybe be Jamal's apparent mindset, and at least in the quotes he chose to give us today, actually not so much. thought he was a little dismissive of the idea that the regular season needs to be different. Um, he, we were like, does he want to be an all-star? Does he want to be all NBA? He said, no, I'd rather be a champion. So he was, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I think Jamal feels validated in his approach more than anything else. But I'll tell you who wants the regular season to be different for Jamal. Michael Malone. For sure. Michael Malone wants this to be the year Jamal Murray. <laughs> he does. You are unbelievable. <laughs> Quinn is getting, I'm telling you, he just keeps getting better with these takes. Michael his, Malone yeah. wants this to be the wow. year Jamal Murray. Yeah. He said, I want Jamal to be an all-star. Yeah. He said, I want Jamal to make all-NBA. Yeah. Yeah. He said those things today. Yeah. It was interesting to me that you're Jamal. Right. I mean, you're right. It was interesting it's to me that phrasing. Jamal though didn't <laughs> run with that. Right, we got that from two other people, and Jamal kind of zagged with it. And I just, that's not necessarily a concern for me. Because by the way, if Jamal approaches the season the exact same way, oh, that'd be like, kind of a bummer. And <laughs> Michael Malone said to do those things, he can't be a slow starter. He can't be a slow to do those things. He's got to start in October. What did Murray say? I'll be ready by the finals. <laughs> a little, so little funny, bit dude. of a honest to God, like an inverted take. From those two yep. guys, which is kind of hilarious. But Yoke does this too. So of this is where I think does. Murray and Jokic are they're almost exempted. They're growing together? Oh, like, no! They're, but they're different too. Like I, I think you, when Malone says something, you want to hear the sentiments echoed from the vets and the young totally, guys. Yeah. But then Yoke and Jamal pretty much just go, yeah, whatever, man. Like We, <laughs> we, know, we know what we're doing, and that's going to be fine. Yeah, whatever is a good, like, you could just subtitle that over their whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Real quick, though, as, before we get fully away from Michael Malone, um... I felt like, in a small way, I don't want to overstate it, I felt like he threw a lot of support behind Zeke Naji. Mm. And that's one of those things like, okay, Peyton Watson, nothing's going to be given to him. He's got to earn it, which is, again, coach speak. It's Michael Malone. It's culture setting. Those things are important. I thought he hyped up Zeke today a little bit, just a little bit, talking about what a hard worker he is, and he's in the gym and all these different things. And um, different guys need a different approach. I think that rookies, Peyton Watson, they need a – come out here and earn it. With Zeke, I just wonder if he's like, uh, hey, man, I'm going to try to give him some confidence. I'm going to try to really help him out. Did you not think so as much? I mean, I felt like he could have shouted out different good positive things about Zeke other than <laughs> saying he's a great kid and a hard worker, which okay. is pretty much what he said. Yeah, you're right. Um, it was interesting, and I don't want to put too much stock in this. It was interesting... Malone rattled off some names on his bench and did not name Zeke Naji. Mm. He rattled off Christian Brown, Reggie Jackson, Peyton Watson, Justin Holiday, and DeAndre Jordan as guys off his bench. I I don't want to put too much stock into that. And then, you know, circled back around when he was asked about Zeke and said, you know, he's a great kid, works so hard, he's always played well, but then the injuries have been a thing that's always happened. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know if I feel like he was super hyping up Zeke. Yeah, I thought not super hyping yeah. up, but I did feel like he's a little tentative. Some, I just he didn't say here's one thing he could have said today. 
Zeke's got to go out there and earn it. You know, like that. He didn't have those lines like he did for some of these other guys. And that's that's the only reason I say that. I do wish we heard more of the like Zeke's ready to take it. <laughs> yeah. And like if if he came out and said Zeke Najee's our backup center, I would have felt better about that. I don't think that. But I don't think he can. I, don't, I think that would be a mistake to say that. So in light of like if you can't just come out and give a guy a spot again, that's giving it to him. He still has to earn it. Yeah. But he phrased it, he packaged it different, as all I'm saying, than he did with, like, Peyton. I will also say on Zeke himself and hearing from Zeke, this is such a podcast take. He, he's himself and not me. But I actually would love to hear a little more chip on Zeke's shoulder, a little edge, a little... I'm not saying that's that not he, his personality, It's though. not his personality. So it, that's the thing. I can't, he can't, he can't fake I that. I can't <laughs> infer that he's not hungry and yeah. doesn't want it. He probably does. I'm just saying I almost wish you were hearing more of that about Zeke and that that was reflected in how he plays on the court. Because there's... We there's tenacious Z and there's tentative Z, right? And tenacious Z is the guy that's going to win this job and stay right. on this team. And tentative Z is the guy that's going to have probably have to find a different situation. Yeah. So I, I just hope that the conversation from him and about him shifts to to the the latter more. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let's hit our final break. On the other side, we'll we'll wrap it. We still got a couple more players to go we through. We got the best player in the world to talk about. <laughs> we should talk about Nikola Jokic <laughs> at some point on this show. That is probably a good idea. Hang on. LeBron was able to stone Jokic, but he withheld it. You're going to lose by 30 on ring night. He withheld it. The, Lakers he withheld it in the West. Oh, hang on. Yeah. He withheld it in the Western Conference Finals. Welcome. Guys, you know, weird choice. Weird you know, choice. Do you know how in your head a team has to be for you to hop in the chat for an entire hour I love of another it, man. show? We, we always welcome new listeners. Of course we and do. Watchers. Actually, a lot of them end up becoming yeah, homies. Shout out to William Mitchell. William Mitchell Laking just ball. hangs out with us, dude. Yeah, Laking Ball, William Mitchell. Laker fan ain't going to be that guy, though. Laker fan's a different beast. What we need is Proud Vent and Laking Ball fighting in the comments about where Jason Tatum will play in three years. <laughs> this Laker fan definitely lives in, like, Indiana. Yeah. And I think they probably just stopped watching. Okay. Where were we? <laughs> Take on the sun with gear built to last. <laughs> Our friends at Shady Rays, they've got you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Check out Shady Rays at ShadyRays.com. You can browse their whole website. They have... Tons of different options, no matter what size or what shape, what style of sunglass you wear. They've got it at ShadyRays.com. No matter what color you want, they've got it there. You can also go in store if you're local. They have a location, Park Meadows Mall, a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. Uh, Shady Rays has awesome customer service, too. If you don't love your pair of Shady Rays, send it back within 30 days. You can exchange it for a pair you do like. Also, if you lose or break your pair on day one, they'll Man, give you a new pair. No I bet the Lakers that. wish they had that policy with D'Lo. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> no, they just have his contract to trade him. Yeah. Uh, this is exclusively for our listeners here at DNVR. Shady Rays has an awesome deal for you guys. ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. Get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses shadyrays.com use the code dnvr 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses and we are back all right let's talk about the big fella nikola Jokic. oh yeah our top story today does not know who Deion sanders is <laughs> what was the line on that by the uh, way i'm sorry I brother mean, yeah <laughs> yeah you can tell he was like i feel like that's i'm supposed to know him i don't and i apologize yeah, to everyone apologize. i'm not <laughs> not trying to be a jerk here i just don't care don't at know. all about yeah. anything that's not happening to me directly um, what you know what? Well, I'll let you start on this one. What's your big takeaway for Jokic? Loved his mood. 
Yeah. I thought Yoke was in a decent mood, to be honest. I really do. He um, actually came up and said hello to me today yeah. as he was walking in. Uh, I mean, he rolled his out eyes. Of, out of his way, like beeline to come and say hi, you know. He rolled oh, his wow. eyes at every question. What did you guys talk about? That, that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. He rolled his eyes at every question, but he bit his tongue, and we appreciate it. No, I generally thought he was in, not to be dealing with us, but to yeah. be back with the fellas and back with the Denver Nuggets. Good energy from Jokic. That was honestly my biggest takeaway. Um, I don't... I mean, like, what can you really be looking to learn about him other than his mood at this point? I would think basketball-wise, fellas, he's gonna be fine. You know, don't not too worried about his offseason. But you do want him, you do want him to feel like he's feeling refreshed and back and ready to do it again. And as much as you can infer from just media day quotes, I thought Yoke was in a great mood, and it, it made me happy. I so one of our takeaways, kind of going back to Reggie Jackson and Justin um, Holiday. One of our takeaways was that these guys seem to genuinely like each other, and I think that extends all the way to Yoke as well. Yes. He even said today, we spend more time with these guys than we do with our own families, you know, and I just think that it's one of those things where it's like, again, first day of school vibes for me in that, but but back when you liked school, before you start to hate school. Right, right. Like my daughter, my daughter is in now second, third grade, she's in third grade, and l- Love school. Third grade Love school. Third grade first, is awesome. First grade of school oh. is like she's so excited for like you know math class and everything. That was kind of the vibe I got from the from everybody. And I will say this: Yoke, even Yoke, I think has a little bit of this. He hides it under his curmudgeon yeah, self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have an all time Yoke dropped from Nugget Social today. We got to play with the volume, Kale. Hello, welcome back. No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Hello, welcome back. Hello. Look at it. Look at look at his hands and pockets. <laughs> Nothing. Jesus. You know He's what? Just the, feeding uh, into the yoga is just showing up for his first day of work. Guys, I'm telling you, at some point, people are gonna realize the bit, and it's a great bit, and it's real. There's like a lot of truth to it, so it's not like it's a full, totally false bit, but he's playing the part. <laughs> he is playing the part. He is playing the part, but yeah. there's a there's a kernel of truth in the part for sure. Yeah. For I mean, sure. there is part of him that likes being around the guys, that likes being around the fellas, that likes being yeah. in a locker room with you know. He's done his this his team. whole life, you know. Yeah, he doesn't hate it like that. Yeah, you know, if if this was the office, I think he'd be Stanley. You know, Stanley just is like, <laughs> oh, he's the one most excited to get off of work. I feel like that's Yoke. Free pretzel day? <laughs> he definitely would be all about pretzel day. Totally First would. in line of pretzel day? First in line Paying for people sure. to be a, Waddling like, take up spots. Hall. But I do think we talked about this in the summer, too, and I loved your point about watching the seminar, and I think we can really state this very definitively that what Jokic hates is the circus, but not the sport, not the game, no. not being a part of a team, not being good at the sport. And uh, maybe the biggest barrier for the Nuggets is already out of the way. Jokic is um, in Denver, and he does want to play basketball again. So first big first big hurdle, cleared, fellas. Yeah. Cleared. Yeah. Um, what Anything else from Yoke that you really uh, He still has that nasty scar on the back of his right arm. It's, it's still there. Really? I can't believe it. I didn't it. even notice this today. Dude, it's... <laughs> The one, you know, the one that's like here on the, yeah, um, the mean, back of his arm. We, have like, it, we made a shirt out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that one, <laughs> that scar is still there. That's I think a permanent, it's going to be there the rest of his career. That's a permanent one, man. Yeah. Um, oh, I actually thought Yoke was not overly, and I think he's done this in the past. Yoke is kind of defensive of Jamal up there. He, he will, is, man. He'll intercept some questions and. 
even questions that I actually think Jamal himself would be more receptive to than Jokic. If Jokic hates it, sometimes he'll just jump in, you know, and we talked about Jamal not feeling a certain way about the regular season stuff. Jokic was on his side of it, you know? Because, like, brother, he plays more minutes in the playoffs. You know, yeah. he answered for him. I just thought that, <laughs> I that, I just thought that was kind of interesting. I love these. Like, he's yeah. actually not better in the playoffs. He just plays he more just minutes. He just plays more minutes. <laughs> also, also, and I would just keep this in, in the back of your mind. There was a lot of Paris Olympic talk at Media Day today. Jamal Murray was asked about not playing for Team Canada. He joked that when he got there in the first day of practice was two a days. He knew he was out. Yeah, I'm not sure that's which, a joke, by the way. Which I actually kind of believe. Yeah, dude, of course. Yoke was asked, of course, about playing for Serbia at the Olympics next year. He said, "Look, it's a year away, brother. I don't know," and I believe he's genuine in that. But there was a little bickering between them two about Serbia beating Canada. I loved it. Me too. And I would just keep that in the back of your mind, maybe looking ahead to the Olympics and maybe both those two potentially wanting to represent their country and go against each other in Paris. Are you talking about the prophecy? The prophecy. Are you I talking about be. the prophecy? Are you referencing a, uh, a prophecy? Did Scotty Pippen play for like that would be cool there that, that <laughs> parallel as well? Canada. Um what else from Yoke? I feel like there's there's something else here. There's got to be something else, though. Um, <laughs> it really might not. Oh, Yoke, we, Yoke, I think handled the AG thing the way you would think. To us, it was the coolest story of all time. Yoke was a bit like, yeah, he was there. Um, but, <laughs> oh, in Sombor. But yeah. I did have that one. I don't know if he was joking or not, but I love this quote. He said, "Yes, of course, AG." He loved it. He asked me if he could stay another day. I said, yes, of course. <laughs> they said they hung out at his lake house, too. Yeah. Um, a lake house. Oh, you know Sambor. what? But Yoke, Yoke is is actually, he's he's in, in peak form, actually, with the media. We got the, doesn't want to, he's curious about the trophy, but he doesn't want to break it. And actually, he's underwhelmed. That was a real play yeah. that hits moment. That was a real play that hits. Yeah. Um, there's another dude, one, too. Knows, I, I'm telling you, we might have Yoke practicing in the mirror his best takes. So he's like, "What? A, I need to be unimpressed with the trophy. That's, right. kind of, that's my angle. Oh, what's the one that he knew exactly Not what really. he was doing? Uh, did you enjoy this summer more than the others? Yeah. Nope. It might if have been it, the worst. Might have been the opposite. <laughs> yeah. just like, I don't know, man. He knows exactly what he's doing. That's um, what I've decided. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, the um, oh, I will say this. I remember when the last dance came out. It was the pandemic. Everybody was locked That's in their right. house, and the last dance came out. Cool. One of my big takeaways was Michael Jordan really seemed like the most present person on earth. Mm -hmm. Never looking forward, never looking back, unbothered by the past, never too anxious about the future. Just kind of living in the present moment. So much so that he needed to feed a gambling addiction because he needed like, <laughs> like I, I know I have a game tonight, but that's tonight. I need something right now. I need some action right now. Um, I think Yoke is has that trait. I don't know what you would call this the uh, the presence. Now, maybe not the competitive psychoness of, of a Michael, but the presence. Because if you notice the questions Jokic hates the most are all things about what is going to happen. Right. He hates those ones, and it was all. You know, this year for you guys, the play like this year, and he's like, bro, it's media day. I have no idea what we're going to be or where we're going. And to us, that's a logical question because I think most people do live in the future. They do are constantly. And I think for Yoke, there's some logical break to, oh, totally. I don't know what our team, if we're good or not. I don't know. He doesn't understand what you're asking. He him. doesn't get he it. He doesn't like, why would it's I like, know that? I right. only can answer questions that pertain to this very moment. And at this very moment, I'm underwhelmed with the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> he always has a great <laughs> ability to keep himself in the present, though. For yeah. sure, I mean, man. He never knows like who the Nuggets next opponent is. 
You know, he never knows like <laughs> right. what's happening tomorrow. That's what I mean. Yep, exactly. Um, let's talk about EG though and his trip to to Sambor because I thought he was actually really reflective on it. Um, and, and, and AG's vibes, if you guys were wondering, have not waned at all. If anything, maybe up to 11 from <laughs> 10. AG's vibes might have gone up. By the way, pulled out. Uh, I was behind him today pulling out of the parking lot. And he was driving an old coupe. Uh, real kind of cool, like a classic car. You think guys today, they Lambos and this I and that. I can see AG driving. Totally that. you can. Yeah. Totally you can, dude. He looked like he was right, like dazed and confused. You know, like he was about to my, go to dazed and confused. My first AG note, I don't know if you guys wrote this down. I have, is he on ayahuasca right now? Question <laughs> mark. His vibes have never, I've when, never seen vibes when like he these. he was asked what it was like to have the nuggets in his house training. <laughs> and he was like, dude, it was crazy. It was surreal. I'm like, bro, you're on the Nuggets. You're the starting, you're the starting power no, forward. He even said, he's like, it's like, I got the Nuggets in my house. I got house. the Nuggets in my house. Bro, you're the Nuggets. <laughs> I love AG. I love AG too. Perfect. I love him a little bit more every day. Perfect. And then his trip out to Songboard really did sound awesome. And he was asked, like, he was very reflective on it. You know, what stood out? And he's like, there's no commute. I yeah, he was like, there's no cars, man. There's no you can commute. just walk across the city in 10 minutes, which Dude. isn't true, but... Whatever. Uh, AG, man, for real, might move to Serbia when it's all. So he might retire with Yoke up in Sambor just as like, you know, he's like, I do like the vibes here. Um, his trip sounded epic. Felt like he learned a lot. I really do think he bonded with Nicola while he yeah, was out there sure. even more. And, uh, At the lake house. And then as is the case, in my opinion, with just about everything with AG, it just all feels genuine. Like, yeah. I just think he was genuinely... Why did he do that? Because he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Why did he wanted to? Because it was interesting. You know, like... It was cool. Any other AG notes? I just think it's kind of fascinating to not to go to armchair psychology on you, but watching this guy come into his own in every way, like just in Denver, he's the best version of himself as a player and he just won a title. And I almost feel like in hearing him, I'm sure he's always been reflective, but there's just so much growth year yeah. after year. And it's just crazy. Like Denver is not a place where these things have happened in the NBA historically. A player comes and flourishes in their life and as a player. But that's what's happening for AG in Denver. Yeah. And it's just, I love the Yoke story, and I love the MPJ story. Yeah. I love the Aaron Gordon story. It's so good. Yeah, such a, it really is. The vibes, man, so strong. Is there any player we haven't talked about that we need to spend P-Watt, some time? maybe. All right, Peyton Watson, let's go there. Uh, he was talking about just like what his summers looked like, and he says he's been watching a lot of film. It's the number one thing he's been doing. And he's been watching film on defenders that play like him. And he name-checked Mikhail Bridges and Jalen McDaniels. I think two quality wing defenders to model your defense after. And, you know, a big part of his offseason was being in Denver, being in the gym, yep. making sure the coaching staff knows he's in the gym. And so I just got the impression that Kind of, he's tailored everything that he did this offseason to putting himself in the best position possible to be in the rotation at the start of the regular season. It feels like he's that's in, his sole focus. It feels like he's in on the biggest open secret in Denver right now. It is a big year for Peyton Watson. There's an opportunity yep. on the table, and he seems very, very aware of that. 
uh, it's funny he reframed himself as the youngest player on the team. That's great framing, by the way. And he, but he is. He is. No, I know. I know. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah, saying. He's, like, 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 he's branding it though. Yeah. You know, it's like a but good... it, it helped me. It helped remind me, by the way, to, yeah. to think of him that way. Um, and in some ways, he sounded that way. If you're playing media day bingo at home, he hit us with oh, best shape he, of his yeah, life. Twenty pounds of, them, of muscle. He hit it all. But I, I think this is a guy that is at least try. He is conscious that his mentality needs to be right. And I, I like that yeah. part of it. I really like that first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't have a blow. I don't think, th- for me personally. No I'm- notes on Braxton Key? <laughs> no notes on Braxton oh, okay. Key. And, I, and no real notes on, on Peyton other than I thought he was great. But he's a guy we've talked to probably most more than anyone this summer. So right. how True. much can really be different between. He's just got to play league? before something he's, changes. He's just yeah. got to play. But I think he, uh, he knows this is an opportunity. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see how he fulfills it. Um, any other parting thoughts before we get out of here? Braxton Key did talk. Uh, Colin Gillespie did not, as did... Who else did not talk? There was one other. Who was it? Jay Huff did oh, not Jay talk. Defense, Jay Huff. Uh, G League Defensive Player of the Year, Jay Huff. Defensive Player of the Year, Jay Huff. Um, those guys did not talk. I think more because they needed to catch a flight. Mm. I think it was more that the, they ran out of time. Uh, <laughs> I will say, shouts to Nuggets PR. Good pairings this year. Some interesting pairings, I thought. Um, AG and MPJ, great together. I mean that's an easy pairing to make. Their 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 vibes complement each yeah, other you think? Per- perfectly. I dude. thought it was a good pair. I mean Reggie and Justin obviously was a phenomenal pairing. Good work um, on that one. So I, I don't know. I don't just to me that was a note I had. I, Malone get, and nobody. Good pairing. I feel like <laughs> as we said last year, I feel you know compared to some Nuggets teams of the past, good amount of personality on this team as well. Yeah. Oh, for, oh, sure. for sure. Yeah. And I great personality. Yeah. I think Justin Holiday was the one that t- and Reggie Jackson they tilted it over the sale. Dude, we, we got to get Justin on the show. They I feel like incredible, he could man. do two hours with us. Man. He was he was great talker. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Um, I heard that Anthony Davis said something about like we can't, the Nuggets really been talking all summer. Yeah, we, yeah. The Nuggets won a title, man. They won That's a what championship. Happens, yeah. This is the way funny. You guys thing. missed your chance. Here's the thing. I get it if you like you had a game in February and the team talked about it. It's like we'll see you later in the year. We'll see you in the playoffs. You can't say we'll see you next year. Or, we'll see you this year. The Nuggets, the title doesn't go away. They don't take the Larry Brown away. You were supposed this to is, fix it in game yeah, two. Yeah, you were supposed to go back in game two. This idea of like we're gonna show them this year. No, you're not. That title is there, man. The banner's up. It's going to go up. You'll watch it go up. I also have another take on this. He, you know, it was a little bit of like a, and we'll see, you know, like, a, and he's like, me and LeBron have had some conversations. Oh, yeah. You were a conversation away. <laughs> in the suite. That's what it was. Do you guys, you know how to defend Jokic and Murray now? Because you had a conversation. I know. So that, that's funny. what it is. I that's do what, love that that the, they bothered that the Nuggets somehow. Bothered. And by the way, it wasn't even the Nuggets. It was Michael Malone. <laughs> I love that Michael Malone has somehow bothered them this way. What much. a timeline we're in. The Nuggets are under the Lakers skin. Oh, it's unbelievably uh, hilarious. All right, we got some super chats to get out. Mile High Singh, AD, and LeBron talking shit, saying they can't wait to play the Nuggets. Can't wait for opening night. Uh, this is now Mile High talking. I can't wait for opening night and beat their ass again. Enjoy San Diego. Try Tacos El Gordo. Cool. Is it good? All right, we'll go. We'll go. I can't wait for opening night Hit and yeah. D'Angelo Russell starting a point guard. Hit me up, by the way, if you're in San Diego and you want to get to a meet. I just want to see how many people there are. If yeah. that is a thing, we'll try to put together for Tuesday or Wednesday night. We'll, we'll try to do some kind of happy hour. It won't be informal, but we'll just be like, hey, we'll meet here at this time. And yeah. uh, But I don't know you know, if there's – I want to see what, what the turnout is the like. The perfect way to end a show like this, fellas. Let's hear from Denver Smuggets. Super sticker Denver Nuggets fan wearing a DNVR Smuggets t-shirt while watching Nuggets media day coverage and shouting, we are so 
torso back repeatedly <laughs> at the top of their lungs. I just like to imagine everybody was doing that at their computers. Everybody. <sighs> Just yelling, we are back. Play that outro music uh, there, Kale. Guys, I mean it sincerely. I I had a weird emotion going in, driving in today. A very weird one. It was, it wasn't like any media day before walk going into the building. It, just a little, I don't want to say anxiety, but just, I think I felt like Yoke does most years where I'm just kind of like, oh. This is going to be the worst day of my life. This is going to be the longest eight months or whatever. Like I had that sensation and I will say it was... Maybe it was because of that that I walked out of there. So maybe it was because my expectations were so low. But mm -hmm. the Nuggets, as they have done so often over the last nine years or eight years, we've all been collectively doing this, like they've done so often, they picked me up. They picked me up and they reminded me why this is so freaking fun. Yeah. Why this job really is the best job in the world and why getting to share it with everybody is, is such a treat for all of us. Oh, I this mean, show is so you do, fun. Show with the fellas what a treat is like a line and a bit, but it's also real. It's also like today that's walking into the building, sad, anxious, tired, whatever. Walking out of the building, energized, excited. Start the season, bro. Uh, Let's and go. just in great spirit. So uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to have uh, so many of you back. Shout out to the real ones. Shout out to the the realest of the real homies. Every, there's a lot of people that are Nuggets fans in the finals. A lot mm -hmm. that are in the playoffs. A lot of people in the regular season, preseason. But the ones that made it through that cold, dark offseason with us Snake along the Snake draft way. season, you could Snake call it. Snake draft yeah. season. Uh, shouts to all of you guys and to everybody else uh, hopping in for the first time. Excited, excited to have beaters. you back. J-Rock, what do you get us out of here? Lakers fans in our chats. Priceless. Hashtag uh, Lakers daddy. I know. Was it really the Nuggets talking or just Vic Lombardi? I think it was that one. There was Michael Malone and Vic Lombardi. Those two guys. Uh, <laughs> I love it more now, though. Yeah, it's, Man, it's awesome. Hit that like button for us on the way out. We'll see you in San Diego.